Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ernest Perspective podcast, the fourth episode of the Ernest Perspective, the first official episode of the Ernest Perspective podcast. I'm your host, as always, Nicholas Jansen, back again to discuss a movie that has recently found its way into theaters. That's what we do now. It's the fourth episode. If you've been here from the start, hello. Is it me you're looking for? Probably uh, the Ernest Perspective podcast. I have a guest to introduce, of course, as always. Uh, Things fell through with the Google Hangout, so my original guest, my friend Merrick, was not able to... uh, join because I'm an idiot and messed up that scheduling. So back by default, back by popular demand. They let me out of my cage. Noah Jansen, my brother, is back once again. All right, are you ready for a 35-minute plot synopsis, everyone? That is not going to happen this time. (laughs) Uh, We're back to talk about the new film Jurassic World, directed by Colin Trevorrow. And it is, of course, the soft reboot continuation of steven spielberg's 1993 damn near masterpiece uh, jurassic park and uh we'll be talking about it because you know i've seen it twice and uh my thoughts on it the second time the more i thought about it didn't quite match up to the overwhelming you know positivity i had going out of it the first time but we'll get into that in a bit first off We're going to talk about the news surrounding Jurassic World right now because it is the biggest movie on the planet Earth. What the hell, man? Did you expect this to happen? No, I really didn't. $208 million box office opening weekend in the United States, uh, beating the Avengers record of $207 million. What the hell, man? I I don't know what happened. Worldwide figures, it beat uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 as the biggest uh, international opening weekend. That's pretty crazy. Uh, We went out to go see Inside Out, and then a showing of Jurassic World came out, like, full of people. People are still seeing it this weekend. It was... uh, Still packed shows. Still packed shows. As of right now, it is actually at $980 worldwide already. Yeah. After just... A week in the theaters, so a week and a bit. That's pretty crazy. Box office wise, send some of that money over to Tomorrowland. <laughs> it needs it. They could use a good like ten percent of what you got going on, Jurassic World. All right, that is cool. It has beaten the world record for biggest opening weekend ever. It is. Sitting at a around 71% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Overly, mainly positive. I've heard a lot of negative uh, thoughts on the movie, though. But we'll get into our thoughts in a moment. First of all, Noah, I want to talk to you about the original Steven Spielberg film, okay. Jurassic, War, or Jurassic Park, rather. And what was your experience with that landmark film what was the when was the first time you actually saw that film uh the first time i saw it was in uh theaters in 1993 
No. Um, when it had the 3D re-release, that was actually the first time I ever had seen Jurassic Park. True. And um, I was really surprised because a lot of the stuff like in that movie still holds up, and I felt like if the computer, if like, if the computer graphics were not involved in the film, that movie could have came out like last week. True. Just like the way like everything just seems to hold up better in that movie. It does. It actually does. Uh, I saw parts of it throughout my life, but the first time I saw it all the way through was in the theater with you, and we saw it in 3D. It was crazy how good it was, and how how well it's aged over time. Uh, so it's been 22 years since it came out, but at that point it was for the 20th anniversary that it was released, and it was damn impressive, my friend. No, for the sake of argument, I disagree. I think it aged horribly, the acting is awful, the, the cinematography terrible, the special effects horrendous, everything okay. sucked. I would agree that some of the acting was not that great. Maybe <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to like be like, <laughs> like someone. Like, Sam Neill's great, Laura Dern's great, Jeff Goldman's great, Richard Attenborough's amazing. I, I did, I did, I coughed, I was just like, Tim, Oh, kid. Tim, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid. Tim yeah, and Lex, the kids. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, they're the, like, the best kids ever in a movie. They're and uh, I really think they're, they're, they're super annoying. They're not. Uh, this goes back uh, to my be detesting. Better than a young Frank Walker. <laughs> Frank Walker, because I hate uh, child actors in movies. You just hate children. I hate children. I never want children. No, just kidding, that's, that's not true. Uh, but... Going back to Jurassic Park and its influence and its legacy, I mean, on blockbuster filmmaking, you know, of course you had Jaws, like Spielberg's original blockbuster, uh, Star Wars for George Lucas, our, our good friend George Lucas, friend of the show. <laughs> um, those were the first iconic blockbusters of the late 70s, and Spielberg continued to reinvent what the blockbuster was throughout his career including Jurassic Park in 1993, because at the time, it was the highest-grossing movie of all time. Yeah. So Spielberg has continued to reinvent what we consider the blockbuster and what the blockbuster is, and he made dinosaurs the shit. I mean, we didn't grow up in the early 90s. We oh. grew up in the late 90s. You didn't even grow up in the 90s. I didn't even grow 90s. up in the 90s. I, I'm a 90s kid. I was born in 1999. I hate those people. <laughs> I honestly do. You're No, you're a child of the 2000s. Yeah, so Get I, over yourself. I was born in 95. No, I was born 99. in 99. But Jurassic Park was never a crucial part of our childhood. But, of course, we were obsessed with dinosaurs like any kid was. We had tons of dinosaur uh, toys. Yep. And, you know, a lot of that boom of dinosaur culture, if you could even call it that, was due to Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. And that's where we sit today. Uh, just this past week, I watched the sequels for the first time. Uh, just going through that really briefly. The second one, The Lost World, uh, Spielberg returned for that one. Uh, Michael Crichton, the the author of the original novel, uh, was kind of uh, bought into uh, writing a new novel, so he kind of uh, half-assed a book out. Where he uh, retconned um, Jeff Goldblum's death. Yeah, so he pretty much half-assed uh, the plot. Uh, Ian Malcolm went to a similar island uh, off, off from Isla Nublar and uh, 
Julianne Moore is in it. Vince Vaughn is in it. Um, it's very, uh, it's a very interesting cast. But I did like a lot of things about it. Um, I think the cinematography is amazing. I mean, Spielberg is just a wizard with the camera. Uh, some of the shots he captured are great. Some of the sequences are really great. It does rely way too much on T-Rexes. Uh, there are multiple T-Rex in the film, and uh, the ending involves a T-Rex rampaging through San Francisco. You definitely get, like, Godzilla, King Kong vibes uh, when the monster is The Lost World vibes? Yeah, really. The, the 20s film The Lost World? Uh, sure. Uh, not familiar with it, but yeah. Oh, a dinosaur this... goes rampages through the city. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. Uh, despite, yeah, the over-reliance on the uh, T-Rex, it got a little dumber. But overall, I give it a 5 out of 10. I think it's not that bad. Uh, Spielberg definitely knew what he was doing. Uh, there's not as much passion and creativity in it as in the original Jurassic Park. But how the hell are you supposed to follow that up with anything near... Like, you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. And the fact that Spielberg even wanted to make that sequel in the first place uh, showed that he had something to say with the movie. Um, but Jeff Goldblum was playing a completely different character, and I wasn't a fan of that. So that's The Lost World. Then Jurassic Park 3 is a 92-minute uh, piece of shit, really misguided, some terrible characterization. Uh, Sam Neill's phoning it in. Basically, he goes to help a family in search of their son on the same island from the second one. Uh, uh, and it's, it's like, it feels like a TV show episode. It's so goddamn short. So it's, it's over before it even begins. So I was not a fan of that one at all. They, they get attacked the second their plane lands. It's just so stupid. The, the, what's it called? The, uh, Spinosaurus? You're the one who's seeing it. I don't know. Spinosaurus? Uh, whatever, uh, is the main dinosaur villain, uh, was kind of cool. But the CGI really took a turn. Like, even the animatronics look pretty bad in that one. Um, I was really disappointed uh, with Jurassic Park 3. So, overall, it's a very shaky series for me. So, But based on the first film alone, I was incredibly excited to see Jurassic World. I almost forgot what we were talking about. We were indeed talking about Jurassic World. I, I think we were. Directed by... Uh... Uh, C Colin something? Colin Trevorrow Land. There we go. Thank you. And we will be talking about that. Now we will get into our spoiler discussion of Jurassic World. past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. You just went and made a new dinosaur? 
Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out? Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? The park is open, and the main attraction is nostalgia. The park is open, and the main attraction is box office smashing records. The park is open, and the main attraction is Chris Pratt. The park is open, and the main attraction is copious amounts of shoddy CGI. It's Jurassic World. We're not doing that again. No, stop. Please stop. Oh, oh god, no. This is what I have to live with. It's the best. It's the best music. It is, like, but... Oh my god, I could listen we to We already that. did that bit. I could listen to that over and over again. And I'm gonna play the actual song right now. Let's do it. Boom. So, Jurassic World is the fourth installment in the Jurassic Park franchise. What did you think of it, Noah? Right off the bat... Before we get into spoilers, for those who haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie. What are you doing? If you're one of ten people on Earth who hasn't seen the movie yet, it's it's a fun time at the movies, okay? Uh, I definitely think everyone who likes blockbusters, dinosaurs, uh, is even... Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt. is if, if you're even a small fan of the original, go see this one. It's definitely one of probably one of the biggest crowd pleasers of the summer. You're gonna find some enjoyment out of it. You're definitely going to find some enjoyment out of it. I was quite pleasantly surprised. Uh, the trailers, the the first couple trailers I watched were terrible. Yeah, so no, I was yeah. expecting the worst. Uh, so avoid promotional material if you can. Go in open minded. Is that a phrase? Open minded. Yeah, open minded. And you'll probably find plenty of things to enjoy about Jurassic World. And if you go in if you go in closed minded, uh, you'll also find some uh you'll find yourself maybe pleasantly surprised like I was. Now we're going to basically go into deep deep spoilers. The Indominus Rex is part raptor. That's the fucking twist. The T-Rex from the first one is at the end. That's Colin Trevorrow said that, though. Oh. That's not a spoiler. What the heck? I knew that. What? I didn't know that. I knew that. Why you... would he say that? You'd, you'd think that would be like, oh, so twist. People, people aren't confused. All right. So 22 years after the events of Jurassic Park from 1993, InGen, the company that uh, was founded by D John Hammond... Yeah. Is, has opened a successful dinosaur theme park in the ruins of Isla Nublar called Jurassic, Jurassic Park. World. Jurassic World, man. No, Jurassic World, sorry. So, Simon Masrani is the new um, head of this corporation, played by Pissy Man from The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. Pissy Man. If you yes. don't know... He was the corporate guy from Amazing Spider-Man, Spider and we call him Pissy Man, because yes. he always pouted and was like a dick. Uh, uh, but in this one, he's he, definitely different than that, but we'll, he, get, um, we'll get to that. Uh, he replaces John Hammond, who, uh, much like in real life, is uh, dead in the movie universe. So, brothers Zack and Gray Mitchell are headed off to Jurassic World on a Christmas vacation? It's it's Christmas. It's, I believe, I believe it's a... 
hey, our, your parents are divorcing vacation, just like the first one. They're heading to see their Aunt Claire, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, who is also the uh, manager of operations for the park. And so they arrive at Jurassic World. You get that Spielbergian wonder right away. You see the shots of people looking at things. You see the shots of people, like, smiling. And um, then you see this fully functioning amusement park. And that had to be the coolest part of this movie. Yeah. To see the park open Work. and in action. And you get to see the different attractions, people actually enjoying themselves. Uh, right away, anyway, not being brutally murdered. Um, and this movie makes a note of talking about the corporate side of amusement parks and how audiences aren't impressed with what they used to be. Um, kids look at dinosaurs like they look at elephants at a zoo, uh, which I don't really buy that. I think no. dinosaurs would still, still be pretty, be pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so for the purposes of boosting up uh, audience uh, interest, uh, InGen has created a new genetically uh, enhanced dinosaur, which has been basically combined a bunch of different animals and dinosaurs and things together, called the Indominus Rex. Um, and I guess we can briefly go into what we thought of the Indominus Rex as the main threat of the movie. What were your thoughts on the Indominus Rex? Well, it's cool, I guess. I mean... Like... My preconceptions of going into the movie, I figured, why do they need to, like, make a genetically altered dinosaur? Why couldn't they just have another dinosaur? Because dinosaurs are scary as it is. Yeah. So they'd say audience, people want bigger, uh, more teeth, more claws. Uh, so that's basically the logic behind that. And there's a subtle commentary attempted on, like, blockbuster filmmaking audiences want bigger better um, you know scarier uh, more effects driven stuff like that but this movie kind of falls into that exact you know classification falls into that classification and then like they're making a comment about themselves essentially exactly that's the one thing that's the one thing I didn't quite buy right off the bat um, but I can go with it. They're making a new dinosaur. So they're getting ready to uh, unveil it. They have it in its quarters. So Mr. Mizrani comes down to check it out. And um, we learn a lot about it. For example, it ate its sibling. It's smart. It's smart. Um, it hasn't interacted with any other living things. Which comes into play later. Yeah, and as as it is it's just basically caged between these four walls and it's kind of going crazy it's no surprise that it goes on a goddamn rampage uh, later on in the movie enter owen played by christopher pratt um you may know him from his brief role in movie 43 and uh parks and recreation uh he hasn't really done any movies um no i can't think of that any. i can think of uh, oh, he was in Delivery Man with there Vince we go. Vaughn. That, that's, um, that's one. So he's a budding movie star. Um, oh yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Was that a movie? I forgot about that movie. Yeah, that's that animated one. Oh. With Lego. 
Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah, he was in that one, too. Okay. Anyway, so uh, Owen, played by Chris Pratt, is a raptor trainer, a former uh, Navy soldier who trains raptors. Fun fact, we all saw it in the trailer, but I thought that was handled very well. The raptor training, and so his character, basically, he trains the raptors. He's kind of a zookeeper type, I suppose you could say? Yeah. Would uh, you say? Sort of, I guess? I mean... I, I see I see him as like a dolphin trainer, but for raptors. Yeah. So he's kind of the compassionate type. He sees that these are animals. And not genetically modified freaks. They're not just attractions for people to uh, gaze upon. He has a very close relationship with these velociraptors. He understands that they need... Um... He names them. Yeah, he names them. He... He shows them constant attention and affection um, in his own certain way. And he's a good guy. But meet Vic Hoskins, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. He essentially wants to weaponize raptors. This guy was a caricature. Which is fucking stupid. Okay. This guy was a caricature of, now, like... it was just the last episode of The Earnest Perspective where I talked about forced villains. And how I don't like forced villains. And Vincent D'Onofrio's character in this movie forced was villain. <laughs> a quintessential forced villain. Um, his motivations were cliche. Uh, how many movies have we seen a new technology or a new thing emerge and somebody wants to weaponize it or use it, you know, for either monetary gain or... Let's see, there's a, a lot of movies. Like 5,000. So that's what I didn't really appreciate. But one thing I do appreciate is the inclusion of B.D. Wong as Dr. Henry, 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 Henry Wu, returning from the first film, the only returning character from the original film. Unless you count Ian Malcolm's book. Unless you count Ian Malcolm's book. But we'll get to that later when we talk about some Easter eggs and hidden references. Uh, he's the only returning character from the first film, and uh, I think he's welcome. He falls right back yeah, into the role. Yeah, he falls in very it's well, uh, and he basically it fits into place. Like, yeah, he fits within the story, and um, he reveals what the uh, what the Indominus Rex is made up of uh, at certain crucial points of the story, uh, which include cuttlefish DNA and tree frog. Uh, so it can control its body temperature. He's so, also evil, sort of. Yeah, I didn't. Is I didn't he, see him as evil. Is he, I just saw him as he, Hoskins was giving him what he needed to continue his work, and so he was a little misguided into, um, you know, kind of working on the wrong side. So at the end, when he went away in the helicopter, I, I didn't take it as he was evil. I just took it as, you know, he was a little misguided. Uh, he had good intentions. He was doing it for, you know, doing the same work he'd been doing for the past 22 years. Yeah. Or probably... More than that. 22 plus. Uh, yeah. Make this uh, park a reality. He's like the head scientist in the charge of that. So I didn't really see him as evil. Okay, so we'll get this plot going. The Indominus Rex escapes. Yeah. And then it chases down everyone, murders everyone... It's, it's an amazing, tense display 
Um, they send the strike teams out to not kill it, and instead, and they all like die. tranquilize it, and then they all die. Um, one sequence I really loved was when it first escaped. Um, not the stupid part where Bryce Dallas Howard went back to the the main building and they went in the the structure. That was the dumbest move ever. But when it first escaped and Chris Pratt rolls under the truck and covers himself in gasoline, gasoline. that was badass. Um, I mean, he probably like reeked of gas the rest of the movie, but yeah, really, he doesn't really change. So that was great right off the bat, showing his character knows what the hell he's doing in a situation of crisis. Um, other things I liked about the movie: the first chase when the strike team goes out to try to take down the Indominus Rex. I liked some of the moments there. I liked the subtle nod to Chaos Theory when the oh, yeah. blood drips on yeah. the the guy's arm and what two drops fall in opposite directions. I I didn't catch that. Kind of a reference to Chaos Theory. You know, when I when I thought about it, and I heard about it, it immediately made sense to me. Uh, perfect sense, but yeah, it went right over my head because uh, I was just so into. Uh, watching the Indominus Rex fucking murder people. Um, I was just holding my breath the whole time. So, naturally, um, Claire is a workaholic, uh, so she doesn't have time to uh, show her nephews around the park. Which... So they're on their own. Um, the nephew plotline is probably the least important thing going on in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so they're on their own. Uh, she sends them around with her handler, but they ditch her pretty quickly, and they're off on their own in Jurassic World. Da -da -da. What could go wrong, except that an Indominus Rex has escaped, a bloodthirsty monster is on the loose, and it's figuring out where it belongs in the food chain. I don't know, that kid could always just get electrocuted by an electric fence. I mean, true. I wish Tim died. Whoa. Jeez, I, I wish I Tim. I didn't hate was him that electrocuted. That's awful. And the death of Tim would have been a very touching. You know what? Eat, eaten by Velociraptors, fine, but <laughs> electric fence. So no. just wrapping up this plot overview: Gray and Zach, the kids, um, their parents are getting divorced. Uh, what does that matter? It doesn't. It's never brought up again. It's not a crucial moment. It's just so little Zach could cry. They they said or whoever who's the who's gray, who? sorry gray's gray. the kid. Zach's 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 like the mute older brother who Zach's doesn't say the anything mute ever. Douche who just he he just stares at girls throughout the entire movie. That's all he does. It's true. So that's the extent of also, his character. Gray also, is just the childlike wonder. He he also puts Gray in danger, especially in the gyrosphere, where it's just like let's stay out a couple more minutes, man. Okay, and that's stupid because why wouldn't the gyrosphere just be controlled by Jurassic World people You'd to bring them all back be. in. You think it would you be? You can't. Um, These people did not think theme park design very well. They should have taken some. They should have consulted Disney. Yeah. It man. exists in the universe because Hammond talks about it in the first Jurassic Park. Really? Yeah. Am I that ignorant? That I Hammond talks about it in the first Jurassic Park. He's just like when Disneyland first opened, nothing worked. A lot of the rides broke down, and then to which Jeff Goldblum replied, "Yeah, but it, the parts in parts of the Caribbean don't eat people." Ah, true. Well, that we know of. We I mean, know. we don't know what happens. I, I don't know what happens at night. So keeps going on a rampage. Shit goes down. 
It destroys everything. Pterodactyls get loose. The water monster the, the is worst eating CG shit in the film. The worst the CG in the film is the pterodactyls. Arguably, the worst sequence is the when the the pterodactyls escape and just start lifting people up. Um, so then, as the carnage continues, Doc or Mister Mizrani dies um, in a helicopter crash. So Hoskins takes it upon himself to put the raptors into action so they can hunt down the Indominus Rex. So he straps them with GoPros, sends Chris Pratt and his team out with the raptors, and they basically find out that, yeah, the Indominus Rex is part raptor. Uh, somehow he can communicate with them. So they're fucked. Uh, the raptors go against them, and then they end up on the main street of Jurassic World, and uh, Claire goes and unleashes the T-Rex with a flare in a fucking amazing scene. That's my favorite part of the that movie. Is the best part of the movie. Bar none, when the the T Rex comes the out, the flare lights and the T Rex is stepping out, and the T Rex and the Indominus Rex go right at it with oh, the Velociraptors, with the Velociraptors, uh, in tow, and it's just an epic conclusion to the film. For some reason, the T Rex doesn't have any hatred towards Velociraptors. Even or though humans, Velociraptors gave him all those scars or that he humans, has on him. Even though she, Noah. She, sorry. Sexist asshole. I'm sorry. I can't tell the gender of dinosaurs. So how does the film end, Noah? Uh, the, the kids go to safety. Uh, the parents are just like, they hug the children. And the park gets 10,000 lawsuits. As everyone is <laughs> More literally than that. holding their wounds. More than that. Well, there's only 20,000 20, and a bit guests. So, oh, I guess. I guess everyone would try everyone to sue. Everyone would sue. Wouldn't you sue? And um, so Claire and Owen are now uh, romantically involved. It's hinted at the whole time. And they walk off holding hands into the sunset as the T-Rex roars over the Jurassic World Park. Uh, destroyed, and that is the perfect final frame of this movie. Meaning that I liked a lot of things about this movie, and I didn't like a lot of things about this movie. Let's talk about things we liked right off the bat. Okay. Name one thing you liked. Uh, and then we'll go back and forth. The T-Rex, Indominus Rex fight. I enjoyed okay. that immensely. It was quite, quite entertaining. Um, I liked Chris Pratt and his character Owen, definitely the one of the standout characters of the film, as well as, uh, uh, what's his name, Jake Johnson, kind of the nerdy tech guy. Oh yeah, that guy, yeah, he with the Jurassic great. Park t-shirt. Yeah, the Jurassic Park t-shirt, that whole scene was great. Hmm. What else did you like? Uh, that scene was great, uh, when they go into the control room and, uh, He's there with his Jurassic Park t-shirt, and um, Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, character calls him out on it, probably being a little disrespectful to have a Jurassic Park t-shirt. After the events of the first film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also... Oh, okay. It, it was the biggest fan service moment of all time, but when Zack and Gray find the original uh, building... Oh! Yeah. Yeah, um, the original... The, uh, the piano... John Williams theme starts to play. I was almost misty eyed. It was it was so cool. It was like you see like the dinosaur bones on the ground and the banner. The banner. They um, use it as a torch. The night vision goggles. Uh, the jeeps from the first movie. Which they use to get back into so, the park. So so much fan service, but at 
in this case, I didn't mind it at all. Um, in fact, I really enjoyed uh, the whole scene. I don't know how that kid knew it was a 1982 Jeep Wrangler, as if the kid can tell the difference between a 1992 and 1993. Um, but hey, anything's possible know. in the world of Jurassic World, where dinosaurs can come back to life. I guess he just knows a lot about cars. Anything, yeah. Or I guess he knows a lot about Jurassic Park. Is that the, maybe, is that the idea behind Maybe that? he's read about all the horrible deaths that happened at Jurassic Park. It's established pretty early on that he's a, like a... Fan a of dinosaur, dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaur fanboy. He knows a lot about them. Um, so maybe he investigated all the horrible things that happened on Isla Nublar before... I don't exactly know how old um, Zach is supposed to be. Like, he looks about 13, 14, but he acts like he's about 10. You mean gray? Zach's the older brother. The one who just awkwardly stares at girls, and that's all he does throughout the entire movie. When Claire doesn't know what age her own nephews are... um, Neither do we. Neither do we. Their ages are pretty ambiguous. I mean, Zach could be 17. He could be, like... it's Well, he says he's going to college soon, so I'm guessing he's about 17. Uh, Gray's a freaking mystery. Yeah. Like, probably 14, but he acts like he's 10 years old. He acts like a baby, and he doesn't really act like a teenager at all. No, not really. Um, he says he's still 48 inches, so he can go on the ride a Triceratops. Like, there's some definite childlike tendencies going on there, and I'm not really quite sure. Maybe he's, like... Eight or something i don't know yeah anything else you liked because i think we need to go into things we dislike we need to stop praising things so much on this show so no, far we need, to, we need to have a really bad movie to talk about in the episodes of the earnest perspective um we've been too nice i've been nice to every movie um even tomorrowland i was very nice to i loved mad max fury road and i loved avengers age of ultron I've seen plenty of terrible movies recently, like Poltergeist and San Andreas, but for the life of me, I just don't... I didn't think they would fill up a whole episode. Uh, Same with Insidious Chapter 3. I liked it, and then I went back on my idea of an Insidious uh, trilogy episode. It just didn't fit, and I don't have enough things to say, so... I think we're going to get into a, a few negatives right now. Um, just, Just so we have something to complain about. I'll bring up the first... Well, no, not just not just because we have something to complain about, because these are genuine. Yeah, they're genuine criticisms but... I have with the movie. Uh, first off, the characterization um, is hollow and pretty one-sided. Um, mainly, the the female characters in the movie are lacking, especially Claire's character. Especially Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> especially Vincent D'Onofrio's female character yes uh no but claire starts off as an annoying you know uptight um corporate type and then while her character definitely evolves somewhat in the movie um she's written in such a way that she doesn't really um have any agency of her own and that really um was pretty glaring in the movie she could have been written better. And uh, Heelgate, the the big problem where she did not uh, change her shoes over the yeah, course of no, the movie, has an... caused plenty of debate amongst uh, fans of the film. They could have just had like a scene where she just, like a little shot where she took them off so it would just make a little bit of sense. Just a little bit. 
Just like, um, you can't survive. She would have been dead. She would have tripped, broke her ankle, and the Indominus Rex would have eaten her. Yeah. And, as you mentioned, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, Hoskins... Should have been eaten by Velociraptors in the first five minutes. That should have happened. a cliche as hell villain. Uh, Very hollow hollow motivation. Yeah, forced villain. The worst kind of villain is a forced villain. And Vincent D'Onofrio's character was definitely um, a forced villain. What do you you think about the script uh, from a story perspective? Uh, it was all right, I guess. Uh, kind of a typical thriller film of this yeah, sort. Yeah, it was. It really didn't tread any new ground. As far it as it was written within the bounds of its genre, I guess. I didn't see them taking very many risks. Uh, I I was semi expecting the Indominus Rex to be part human because original draft of the script had them crossbreeding with. Um, humans, dinosaur and human DNA so I thought that would have been a cool twist but they didn't really um, and then I, I the just imagine the twist was that it was part raptor I just imagine like it being part human and then he just talks to Chris Pratt's character Alan, Alan. Owen hello <laughs> man that would have been hilarious um, so yeah the script was a little too by the books for me uh, you know plenty of wit I mean I did laugh a number of times, but the structure overall didn't tread any new ground, and that that was lacking for me. It, it kind of just was there. It was a movie. It was there. And the biggest thing I think we both took away was the CGI. Ugh. Um, now, we saw it in 2D. I don't know if it's different in IMAX or 3D or whatever. Uh... Oh, we saw it in 3D. No, we saw it in 3D, yeah, because we had to, because... Okay, yeah, we saw it in 3D. I don't know if it was better in IMAX, but it looked shit. Um, The CGI looked so bad. Never, never once did I believe that that human beings were actually interacting with dinosaurs. Never once. Uh, there was once. Oh, the, uh... The, uh, Brontosaurus... Like, they're all, like, dead? I believe there was not a Brontosaurus. Whatever. It was an, an Apatosaurus, man. Okay. It was an Apatosaurus. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. That's another, um... That was another scene that I loved. Yeah, that was the animatronic scene, um... Yeah. Where Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are watching the, um... Or Owen and Claire, rather, are watching the... the... Apatosaurus, uh, slowly die... And yeah, it was a really touching scene. Uh, that was audio animatronic. Um, Chris Pratt was holding it, rubbing it. Like you definitely saw that it was moving up and down, as it would have in the original Jurassic Park movies. I, but that was the only time. Every other time, the dinosaurs looked like ass. Particularly um, the the raptors for me in the in the end uh, chase looked particularly terrible. And the pterodactyls, like we mentioned. The pterodactyls are awful. Uh, one thing i got to say about the CG, you should never use CG for something that you can easily do practically. For example, helicopter landing. Don't use CG for that. They used CG for the helicopter landing, and it looked terrible. And the fact that they got out of a hel- There's a shot where they got out of a helicopter, so they had to pay for the helicopter anyways, <laughs> so they might as well have filmed it landing. 
it seems they put all of their CG efforts into the Indominus Rex. Yeah, and then uh, they just kind of the, the the water dinosaur was was also it was all right. fairly solid, and I liked that scene too, where they are watching it and and then they go underwater and watch it swim around and eat the shark. Yeah, pieces and these little kids are cheering. Uh, even even the T Rex looked decent. Like. T Rex looked, yeah, the T Rex looked decent too. Um, yeah, so all the special effects probably went into that final battle and the scenes with the Indominus Rex because yes. other than that, the CGI looked particularly uh, shit, and I didn't really buy a lot of the moments where the the human characters were interacting with these animals. So you don't get the same danger that you did, say, in the the scene with the t-rex in the first jurassic park where its head is right outside the car window and it is very clearly an animatronic figure and it looks absolutely amazing and it seamlessly blends with cgi shots just incredible talking about jurassic world makes me want to watch jurassic park again uh you know it's just so solid for as much as i loved the movie um there were plenty of things i didn't really like about it that much you know what i mean yeah um, and a lot of choices that I didn't there, really feel like... There is really quite a few things to complain about with this movie. Yeah, and the more I sit with it, the more I realize that. But at the same time, you know, I felt like a little kid watching this movie. And yeah. I loved the experience so the damn end, much. The end battle, I, I feel, is akin to the um, end fight in uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. Oh, yeah, by far. Where it just makes you feel like a little kid. Ten times over, to be honest. Yeah, that that shit had me on edge the entire time. And the water dino, I, I don't know the name. I'm for the just life who me. cares? It's fine. I don't know. Um, water dino, they know what you're talking about. The Mosasaurus. The Mosasaurus... When it ate the Indominus Rex, and then it was like, the whole movie came full circle, and I was just like, that's great. I love it. I think that's amazing. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Noah, um, what are you going to give to Jurassic World? Uh, I should have thought about this beforehand. And are you excited for the sequels that will inevitably follow? Okay. um... Where do you think they could go with a sequel, rather? Where could they think they could go with a sequel? Off planet. Jurassic Jurassic Universe. Jurassic um outer Jurassic Other World. Where they're just like otherworldly, different planet with dinosaurs when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Or they have to shoot all the, the dinosaurs, dinosaurs into, into space, space and then it's like planet dinosaur. <sighs> oh my god. Yeah, I really don't know where they could go with a sequel to I this. I don't want them to make a sequel. Because either they're going to I kind of do want to see a sequel, but I'm very worried that they're either going to make the same movie, but then how the hell would they be able to open this park again? I feel you know, with like all it's going to happen. It's not going to open again. Uh, you know what it should be? Okay, so. Well, how the hell did it open in the first place? I don't know. With all the shit that happened in the other three movies, you know? Like, okay. People should be smart enough to know that. All right. Here, know. Here's my idea for Jurassic Park 5. It's a courtroom drama film. Okay. Where Jurassic Park's lawyers have to defend their actions against all these people who are dead, injured, scarred for life. Yeah. It's just this courtroom drama, and then a T-Rex breaks through at the end, and then they have to have a fight. Dude, that will beat the already set $208 million opening weekend record 
I, I don't know why Hollywood isn't knocking up my door for my suggestions. Uh, how does Chris Pratt play into it? Is he on the stand? Uh, Chris Pratt is one of the people suing because apparently there weren't any uh, workplace uh, benefits. He didn't get any of the benefits. And he he's was, also uh, fighting for the rights of these animals. Yes. It's like, I am fighting for the rights of these animals. So Jurassic World... I just like the idea of him not having a dental plan that he needed. <laughs> I need to keep my teeth in tip-top shape. So Jurassic World, 1 to 10. I'm giving this movie a 7. I'll give uh, it a 7, too. A, a light a light 7. Um, I'll give it a heavy 7, just for the sake of argument. Ooh, a heavy 7. Yeah, my 7's around 100 pounds. Just a light 7, you know? Um, with some Mine dressing is on like the side. 450 pounds. Damn, that's practically an eight, bro. <laughs> no, um, no. I, I, no. So I guess we unanimously give it a seven, seven out of ten. ten. Um, it's definitely a crowd pleaser. It's definitely got a lot of enjoyable, you know, things about it. I can attest that upon repeat viewings, a lot of the elements kind of wear off. Um, the more you think about them, and then you start to think about like the script and the characters or lack thereof, and. Um, you know, the story cliches, the genre cliches, uh, the effects that were pretty bad, in my opinion. A lot of people are saying that they're great. Uh, it's definitely the best Jurassic Park sequel. It's the um, sequel that, like, it's the best sequel that they could probably make. Especially at this point in time. Yeah. And considering how long this movie was in development, it was supposed to come out in 2004 at one point, 2005. Like, uh, it's been going through a lot of different hands. Uh, Steven Spielberg has been trying to get this movie made for a long time from an executive producer role. Um, and I think he found a good pick in Colin Trevorrow. He's got a great eye. It was beautifully shot, um, especially like the first the first act of the movie. I was especially, you know, really taken aback at the scale and how yeah. everything looked. Um, you know, the themes are pretty shallow with the terms of, you know... Don't mess with nature. That's what they've been saying in all these movies. But also taking kind of the metaphor for the blockbuster landscape of the 21st century. Audiences want bigger, louder. Um, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Uh, yeah. And, and it kind of fed into those exact notions um, in the way that its script was pretty stupid. And it went, you know, just from point A to point B. Hang on. Hang on. Jurassic Park 5, directed by Michael Bay. Ooh, yeah. That would not be a good idea. That would be absolutely don't, awful. Don't, don't. Considering he's already Hollywood. probably coming back for Transformers Five. Yeah. There's no hope for that franchise. Even Let, though he said, even keep, though he said that he wasn't going to return. He said he was going to come back for four, but you he know, did. He just can't stay away from a paycheck. He needs um, the money. Anyway, we'll have plenty of time to dog on Michael Bay at a later date. Uh, wrapping up on Jurassic World. Uh, if you're still listening and you haven't seen the movie. I don't know why the hell you I'm are. I'm sorry. But, yeah. We, we warned you, so I don't really feel sorry at all. We warned you, man. I have, no, I have nothing but apathy for you. No sympathy for you people. Now we're going to get into some Easter eggs. Slash trivia. Uh, provided by our good friends and our sponsor at IMDb. D neither of those things are true. So, as we know, Jeff Goldblum's iconic character of Dr. Ian Malcolm is seen on a book twice in the movie, once read by uh, Claire's assistant Zara when her and the boys are on the monorail. Um, 
and then a book is later shown on um, Jake Johnson's character's desk in the control room. Uh, and I wasn't sure if that was Jeff Goldblum at first. Must be must be a pretty popular book. I wasn't uh, totally sure if it was, but um, apparently it is, and that's awesome. I really wanted Jeff Goldblum to be in this movie. I did too. But after seeing Lost World, I didn't, because his character evolved into a stick in the mud, and I wasn't a fan. Well, I think if they had like his Jurassic Park 1 characterization and just had him for like a small like part... Yeah. Very true. I feel like he'd never return to that island, though, because he'd never want to go there and experience freaking dinosaurs ever again. No. So, cameos in the movie. Jimmy Buffett, we know, had a brief cameo carrying two margaritas uh, out of Margaritaville um, on the Great. Uh, Jurassic World's version of City Walk, um, which another thing that people uh, are commonly talking about in this movie is the, the product placement is too over the top. Which I completely disagree with. No, uh, I thought the the product it placement is perfectly it's integrated. It's a theme park. It's a theme park, and There's when you go to when you go parks. to Disney or Universal or anything like that, they have like products, sponsored by. Products are being shoved in your face constantly. Try to walk through Universal or Disney and not see the Coca Cola logo at some point. Try not in Disney. Try not to see an attraction sponsored by a company. Like that's how theme parks work. And they used to they used to shove McDonald's fries in your faces in like Disney World. Yeah, when movies use real world products like say Coca Cola, like Chris Pratt's character is drinking a Coca Cola at one point. Um, it Jake Johnson even uh, makes a joke about that, like just letting the the brands or the companies name the dinosaurs, like the Pepsi Saurus or something like that. Like those are real brands, and they're making reference to that, or they're using them. That just adds a layer of realism. Because that's it what adds, exists yes, in the real it, world. Nobody drinks, you know, generic cola, okay? You would cola. drink a Coke or a Pepsi. You would have that. So that's just my You'd mini You'd pay thousands on. of dollars to get the licensing fee just to say those words. And so uh, Jimmy Buffett um, has a place on the city walk of Jurassic World. Also, Winston's, a restaurant as an homage to Stan Winston who did nice. the animatronic work yep. for the first three films, passed away in 2008, uh, R.I.P. His last work was the Iron Man suit, actually, for the original Iron Man. Fun fact. Yeah, so, oh, it was a shop, not a restaurant, sorry. Named in Stan Winston's honor. But back to cameos, we got our, our man Jimmy Fallon, and I actually really laughed at this. Of course, a reference to his uh, role on the Universal Hollywood Tram Tour. As the host. Um, the completely sort of ridiculous, host. and it, it made me laugh. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, Jimmy Fallon, that was stupid. That pulled me out. I'm like, no, that's theme parks, man. They they get celebrities to be on them, that's, whether they fit or not. And that's, Yeah, that's Universal for you. And that was nutshell. hilarious. Uh, well, Disney to a degree like back, Dis in the, yeah. back in the back in the nineties, yeah, the nineties. Um, not so much anymore, but yeah, that was hilarious. What else have we got here? Ooh, the film's original title was Jurassic Park Extinction. I like that, and I think that should definitely be the name of a sequel. Jurassic Park: Age of Extinction. Jurassic Park: Extinction should definitely be the name of a sequel. That is a badass that, That's name. just the story of how they nuke uh, Island Nublar. True. They're just like, yeah, we don't want these running around. Ooh, get this. New Orleans has an abandoned Six Flags theme park, yeah. as we know. 
um, which has been used for other film productions in the past, but Jurassic World built a 300-foot by 200-foot main street and boardwalk in the amusement park's abandoned parking lot, and they shot there for two and a half weeks. Wow. That's pretty baller. I like how they use it in, like, the abandoned Six Flags. Yeah, I know. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. More cameos. Colin Trevorrow, the director, voices Mr. DNA, a minor character, I guess you could say, from the first film. Also, uh, the hologram of the dinosaur that's face goes out is, of course, a reference to Dennis Nedry's run-in with that same dinosaur in the first film. Um, it momentarily stops the raptors, uh, as well as Brad Bird voices the monorail um, announcer. Yes. Which is a pretty neat Easter egg. you got to listen very carefully. No please, capes. please keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the monorail, and remember, no capes. Yeah. That's not an actual line, although I wish it was. This is the first film not to feature uh, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, or Jeff Goldblum. And the reasoning behind that was Colin Trevorrow. He definitely knew fans wanted to see those characters back, but as iconic as they are, he didn't want to shoehorn them into the movie just so he could work with them, so, so he could use them. So he decided to... So you know, to keep them out for the sake of the story, which I which I definitely admire. So he did a reverse Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes, he purposefully didn't put in the old folks uh, for the, the sake senior of citizens. nostalgia, even though he definitely did a lot of, of manipulative things uh, for yeah. the sake of Especially nostalgia. Especially the old Jurassic Park ruins. And last but not least, there is a statue of the character John Hammond, of course, the founder of InGen and the original Jurassic Park. Um, in the movie, it was to honor Sir Richard Attenborough. And um, before his death in 2014, he um, had an intention of returning for this film, but unfortunately he fell ill and died uh, right around the time of filming. So they weren't able to uh, include him in the movie, which is very unfortunate. So his passing was written into the franchise, and he now has a statue there honoring him which is i think a pretty good note to end out on all right and that is our jurassic world episode for the earnest perspective uh you can follow us on twitter at earnest podcast and you can check us out on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash the earnest perspective still working on that um and finding new ways for you to download this because i'm not paying 90 dollars a month unless we get more views tell your friends tell your friends i have remember to go to audible.com audible.com <laughs> i of course am on twitter at nicholas underscore jansen n-i-c-h-o-l-a-s underscore j-a-n-z slash z-e-n noah plug your twitter okay uh it's um uh, at it's guy at POTUS. <laughs> it's uh, yes. It's at POTUS. It's no. Sorry. It's at Flotus. Flotus. Sorry. Flotus. First sorry. Lady of the United States, sir. What happens when uh, when Hillary Cl if Hillary Clinton gets in? Oh. Uh, so will Bill Clinton be the first man? Flotus. Flotus. And she will be POTUS. Yes. Uh, anyway, plug your Twitter. Or and if Donald Trump gets in. Then we're going to have a really racist POTUS account. Plug your Twitter, my friend. Oh, sorry. We went on a, rant. We went on a tangent there. Uh, it is at Guy the Noah. At Guy the Noah. Check him out. 
check me out. Because I know the guy was taken. Check out the rest of my stuff on YouTube. I'm trying to build back up the content, uh, but the podcast is a pretty good fallback right now. Uh, be sure to share with your friends. And uh, we want to get listeners involved. We want to start doing a Q&A segment on the show with whoever I have as a the guest. The problem is no one listens. Fuck off, bitch. Sorry. Sorry. So, yeah, we want to get more listeners involved, so be sure to share with your friends. Tell them. Uh, the next episode is to be announced. I'm trying to figure out what it is. We just saw it Inside Out. Of... I, def- I definitely want to do an Inside Out episode and maybe top five, top three Pixar movies. The Pixar Legacy, the best of Pixar. I don't know. Uh, maybe something like that of an episode will be around in the future. Yeah, so stay tuned with us. Episode five is coming soon. But thank you for those who have been listening, who have been leaving comments. There were a few people who have left a comment. Noah, do you have any last words? Thanks for being on the show once again, uh, my, my good brother, I know you man. don't mean that. No, I do. <laughs> I genuinely enjoy our discussions of movies. All right. Uh, Jurassic World. That's all right. Go see it. All right, everyone. See you later. Bye. <laughs>